welcome everybody to the very second episode of Everyman Upland Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Baker. Henry Norman's not with us today, but we are joined today by Caleb Norman. No, I mean, y'all are affiliated. Distant. Yeah, distant, (laughs) distant family. So we live, we all live in Cockwood County, Georgia, so you're always kin to somebody somehow. And you may have the same last name. Yeah, you want to do a lot of research when you go to dating a girl here. (laughs) For sure. That's why I had to go out of town. Out of town. That's the best bet. So, um, first of all, I just want to say this episode of Everyman Open Podcast is brought to you by Quail Ridge Plantation. 51 seasons in the books going to season number 52 this year. If you're interested in booking a hunt with Quail Ridge Plantation, uh, you can find them online at quailridgeplantation.com. So, um, and we'll leave a link in the show notes if you're interested in booking a trip. All right. So today we brought Caleb in. First of all, uh, Dr. Caleb, uh, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Caleb Norman. Uh, I'm a pharmacist here in in Moultrie. Um, Just started hunting with Sam about a year ago. So probably the influence that really got me into upland hunting. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It's not just me. It's when you get out there. It is. You just got to have somebody to lend you that hand to say, hey, come on, do this. So, yeah, I met Caleb a while back on... uh, we were going uh, on a overlanding That's trip. Right. Yeah, That's two years ago. Yeah, so two years ago, and then it just kind of snowballed there. And um, Caleb, you grew up hunting. I grew up hunting deer mostly. Yeah. Um, Big bow hunter still. Yeah, been bow hunting since I was twelve. Um, little waterfowl here and there. Yeah. Um, preserve quail hunting ever since i was young but maybe once a year yeah your Um, dad and granddad yeah they used to run um warrior creek plantation yeah which is right next door neighbors to quail ridge plantation yeah my dad was the head guide he actually guided for um samara he's he's guided for a few plantations around here yeah so So, you've been around i've been around it yeah yeah yeah. and i think uh and like you said every you probably go preserve shooting once or twice a year. Once or twice a year. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know what it's like. You've, oh, yeah. you've been around. It. And uh, although we're going to talk about new puppies today, the puppy we're going to talk about isn't, is your first pointer breed. Yeah, but not my first bird dog. I yeah. mean, I grew up with, I've actually had a Brittany in the past. Oh, yeah. But I was too young. I mean, I, I didn't know what I had. Yeah, yeah. So. So this is like your first intentional. Exactly. Um like start hopefully to finish bird dog <laughs> puppy um, long way to go and you've had tex yeah as your english, english cocker. cocker yeah i've had yeah. he's he'll be six this year oh yeah so he's in I his didn't prime think he was six yeah oh. I, we were just discussing this at, at home a couple of minutes ago oh wow yeah so tex is a fine english cocker he's very uh he's everything you want yeah. in an english cocker i mean that sucker I, we uh, went to a dove shoot last last season yeah. together. Me and Caleb got dumped off 
like way no man's away <laughs> from the action. So we just stood there and talked <laughs> for most of it. And uh, man, that uh, text just sat there and whined, looking he at birds. Just, he and, shakes. Yeah, he's so excited. And fetching the couple of shots you got, he fetched the holes. Yeah, that popped out of the gun. He he knew there was no chance of me hitting the birds. I was shooting. At. <laughs> yeah, but they were long shots, man. It was just like throwing lead up there. Like maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, but anyway, and then Tex had an opportunity to go on. We did kind of a cleanup hunt on Quail Ridge where we knew where some coveys were hanging out, and we just put the cockers down. Dex did really good. That was a fun day. That was a fun day. Yeah. We stopped shooting when we realized somebody's got clean yeah. all these <laughs> birds. Um, yeah, and what a cleanup hunt for those people who don't know. When you're in the preserve business as a guide, there's some opportunities to, like, we're not actively putting birds out. We just kind of know where there are some birds that are on the edges of courses and kind of between courses and well the course was being logged yeah retired yeah. i guess each yeah year. it is clear cut yeah. now i mean you'd be i just rode by it this past weekend and you it's night and day you wouldn't even recognize yeah. anything about where we were we were hunting those birds but we had a good time tex got to like really stretch his legs and That's, and hunt with the working dogs yeah Cause I have a, which, and I say, you know, the, the once or twice a year that I do get to preserve hunt, the guide allows us to bring our own dog. So that's not Texas first quail hunt. Right. Right. So he, was that he the knew first the time he ranged out and hunted birds yeah, without a pointer? Yes. Because I, you know, I, when I'm on somebody else's hunt, I try to keep him yeah, close. Heal he him. Yeah. And then he just flush retreats. Yeah. 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 So yeah, he uh he did really well. He's a um I mean, he's got a lot of drive, but yeah. he's he for a high drive English cocker, he's a really well behaved dog. Yes. And um anyway, so we are going to talk about um so uh let's talk about your wild bird hunting experience before we move to Atlas cuz that's okay. mainly what I want to talk about, but um so Caleb um we went on our first public land wild bird hunt um at Appalachia. Uh, oh come on alapaha river yeah alapaha wma yeah alapaha river wma and uh which is like seven thousand acres it's huge we had scouted and seen birds but they were like the fall shuffle happens and then we couldn't find them yeah we got a rabbit though we did which was fun to see yeah but I think was that the moment where you're like, okay, this is just. This is I mean, it. I've I've always enjoyed watching the dogs work. Yeah. So getting a pointer was always on my list to do. Yeah. But that just kind of. Yeah. Sent it. And then when you got home. like two or three voices going, "Hey, you should you should get a pointer." <laughs> exactly. <dog." laughs> um, it doesn't help. Um, so I think Caleb's in it to win it. He, uh, he was going to go, we drew a quota. I think we mentioned in the first episode, we drew a quota hunt at Lanahassee. Caleb was slated to go on that trip. A little injury (laughs) put him out of the game for like two days. So, uh, we ended up subbing in Craig Bangert. You can look him up on Instagram and we found a few birds there, but Caleb was able to come back and do a cleanup hunt. And then we hunted, uh, hit a little piece of farm he has 
Um, and then we hunted a little piece of farm I had. And that that uh, that last hunt of the season was interesting because there was just like singles. Yeah. Which is something we don't typically find down mm-hmm. here. It's kind of strange. Um, so let's let's get on. So let's talk about you went on a couple of hunts. You had us in your ear going, hey, Caleb, it's time. It's yeah. time to get a point dog. <laughs> you can get one late season because this was probably january no ooh, probably right. december when we started talking earlier than that when did we go on the alapahal river that was pretty early yeah that was maybe second week of the season yeah so november so that's pretty really before early. thanksgiving yeah and so he kind of started the journey of trying to find a dog and that's what we well i was hung up on yeah breeds at that yeah. time i really you know i was looking at the, all the gsps and yeah. all that on social media yeah and so i was trying to narrow it down at yeah that time. and so let's talk about how you made the jump and like okay i'm serious let's start narrowing the breeds down talk because i mean you obviously well, it's not off, just you discuss it with your wife yeah yeah <laughs> tip number one for today if you are married or have a significant <laughs> other, do you need to talk to them first? But, uh, well, first of all, three other dogs at the house already. So yeah. that's one big. Two non-sporting and then Tex. And then Tex. So yeah. that's a big factor. Something non-aggressive. So yeah. that's, I mean, that went a lot into my decision making. Oh, yeah. So you're talking about when selecting a pointing breed it, it went through your mind like i don't want a breed known for being like a solitary aggressive right. type dog right yeah and i don't know a lot about the the bigger pointers but yeah. I, I mean i've heard that they can be that way mm-hmm. just from you know people that's been around them hunt, hunting yeah. you know my dad actually i mean he guided so many years and he he said that when i was looking for him yeah but, and there's just some, I guess, breeds that are more like one animal. Like you just want that one dog. Right. And right. It, he's not going to have a problem with a cat or the other dogs that you right. have or whatever. So, yeah. Okay. So something family friendly. Size. Size. Let's talk about size for a second. Because you are looking at GSPs, maybe wire hair. Yeah. yeah. So German dogs, yeah. and they get pretty big. Yeah. So, what made you kind of change your mind between small versus big? The other dogs at the house. So oh I was yeah. Like, you know that house is gonna get pretty small pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. Um. And that's, I mean, Brittany was on my short list, obviously. Yeah. Because, like I said, I've had one in the past, so I knew their temperament. Mm-hmm. You know, their size. Um, got a couple of friends with Brittany's. Yeah, got a couple y'all. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got a buddy from Statesboro that I knew had a Brittany. Yeah, and he's a very well-rounded dog. He duck hunts with him. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's a good dog. So did um, so size factored in, temperament factored in. Did you talk to a couple of breeders or I the the buddy of mine in statesboro i did reach out to him to see where he got his dog um and they were actually 
about to breed his male um, to another. He he didn't really give me the background on the other dog. I don't think it yeah. had papers or anything. But yeah. It was a solid line. Yeah. But he was actually about to have a, a litter pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I met. Uh, oh, yeah. So we'll talk about yeah. who you met okay. later and where that dog came from, okay. where where you ended up yeah. at. Because right now, you know, we're talking about if you're listening and this is something you want to get into, you're obviously going to have to land on a breed. At some point, you're just going to have to land on a breed. And I tell people all the time, just practically, they all do. They're all capable of doing what you want them to do. Just like most sports cars will drive fast. But what do you want to do with your dog? What are the characteristics that you like? And and, uh, size is a, a big factor. You could, if your dog's going to be inside, look at how much they might shed or, you know, that kind of thing. I don't really pay attention to that because my dogs don't. I will say the hair length does matter, especially for Georgia. Um, We've got beggar lice or beggar weed, the seeds we call beggar lice. And But we were just talking the other day that it's not the – beggar lice that's worse it's sand spurs sand spurs especially with tex the macaca yeah he, i mean if if i don't I, I like to keep him short yeah um cut for that reason mm-hmm. Just, so your setters your uh even wire hair yeah. breeds your cockers and i would say long bushier britneys yeah. are gonna have problems with sand spurs i mean not debilitating it's just something to factor in like you're gonna have to brush you're gonna have to brush cut get the scissors out out. yeah um oh pro tip that i can give you for beggar lice you need to find raw cotton cotton balls work too yeah but raw cotton and you can just brush it over and that it'll stick to that raw cotton pretty good so that's a and it'll get it off your clothes and everything else too guide trick that's a guide trick so and so with temperament coat length i I think coat length is something not to be underestimated here in georgia too because i mean it gets hot i mean at the beginning of the season it still stays hot through the season yeah and so you got a double coat dog you know these i don't know there's just some breeds that if you're going to be really out there all day and you're like a one dog show it's something to consider yeah they get hot they get really hot so how many breaks do you want to take you might want to take all the breaks during the day with your dog but um we're once we turn dogs loose i mean it's hour yeah hour or two before they get a break Probably on a good day, if it's hot, obviously. Especially the tracks we're hunting. I mean, we park and we hunt. Yeah, we're not, except for you know when we went to the cleanup hunt. But yeah, but that's different. Yeah, yeah. What he's talking about is on these WMAs that we hunt. This public land, you can't drive. Driving is very limited. Yeah. You can't have a dog down while you drive. That's the law. Um. And so you're putting a dog down and you're hunting a hundred acres yeah. to 150 acres. 
and then you get a break. And so, um, that matters for your dog. I, um, okay. Size was a big determining factor for you because you wanted it to play well with the other, well, not just play well with the other dogs, but fit physically in the house. Well, also just traveling yeah. to the hunting spots. I yeah. Mean, bring, if I'm bringing Tex along, you know, yeah. throw them in the kennel together. Yeah. Cause my Brittany, a Brittany and a Cocker will go in an intermediate or even medium roughly yeah. <laughs> together just fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So you're going to want to settle on a breed, use whatever checklist you want, consider these. And what Caleb did, he talked to a lot of people too. He reached out to people yeah. in his network, people that he knew had some hunting experience, experience with dogs. And, um, that's important. And you're going to get a lot of different opinions too, right? Yeah. I mean, Googling the breeds is pretty overwhelming. Yeah. So I would talking say to people. Maybe useless at that point. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it all depends on who's writing that article or. Everybody's, every breeder has the best dog. Yeah. Everybody, every single breed dog owner thinks that's, that's the best, the best breed. Yeah. So. You're just going to want to talk to people and ask a lot of questions. Well, I think, you know, people like y'all that guide and hunt with a bunch of different breeds, it's yeah. not all your dogs, so yeah. you kind of see, you know, a variety work. So you kind of have that yeah. background knowledge of this I, one does this, this one does that. Yeah, and it's hard. Like when I hear some – and there's some truth to like some breeds are more aggressive or whatever, but I just haven't seen it. Yeah. Am I there? I've seen aggressive samples in almost every breed right. and I've seen real gentle samples mm-hmm. in every breed. Um, I've seen, well, Craig banger, great example. German wire hair pointers kind of have a reputation of being a little more aggressive. Right. Craig's, Poppy is just sweet, plays with my dogs real well, never, uh, no problem. And uh, Shane Drake's uh, Mm Cy, super nice, no problem. So we just haven't had any problems. But then we've got, you know, examples at the kennel that are just like, I know this one setter. That he's just gonna fight. If you let another male dog out with him, you're gonna have. Well, a fight. see, there's another factor: female versus male. Oh puppy. yeah. And what do you have? Yeah. In your house already. Do you plan on breeding the dog later on? Yeah, keeping it intact. Are you going to spay or neuter? Which I haven't decided yet. Yeah, and uh, if you ask, I mean, so let's talk about that for a second. Have you asked a vet about it? No. Yeah. Well, I haven't asked, but actually the last time I took Atlas for his last set of shots, he asked me mm. if I was going to do do something, but I don't remember what yeah. like time frame what he told me. Sure. We uh so Purdy is fixed. And I tell people all the time, you like, do you think it affects her hunts like 
If it did, if it did affect Purdy's hunt, she was a show sure enough champion. Yeah. <laughs> if she's been diminished, <laughs> any because she's pretty great. Yeah, I think that just all depends on the dog. Yeah, I mean, I think you want to do things like talk to people within your breed about the appropriate age. Yeah, you don't want to do it too early. Mm, definitely not. And uh, and but I mean, just brass tacks here because we're all adults. Hopefully, listen to this podcast. If you've got a female dog that you're going to leave intact and it's going to be an inside dog, there's going to be trouble yeah. at some points. And yeah. you're going to have to clean up and Well, I knew that. So that yeah. was one of my factors of going male. Yeah, for sure. Because the two house dogs that we have are females, but they're both, they've both been, been fixed. fixed. Yeah. So. And, um, yeah, so that's very something to consider. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't think about i we i tell people all the time they don't think about the gross parts of having a dog but you know you get a dog that comes with crap blood pee throw up dogs love to throw up (laughs) people don't like to talk about that but they like to eat grass and then throw it up and that like to dig up a cat poop (laughs) and eat that cat poop and then you got throw up poop in your house so it's it's not all instagram posts friends (laughs) if they come they're they're gross (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're Definitely. gross little toddlers for their entire life. <laughs> um, but, um, all right. So you landed, uh, what'd you end up landing on? As far as what? Male, female? Well, uh, you landed dog, on male. Landed on male, Brittany, American Brittany. Male, American Brittany. All right. And, um, oh, a, a factor you didn't talk about was price. Was price ever a factor? I mean, I had a price in my head that I didn't want to spend over. You're like a pain I, threshold? Yeah, I didn't really <laughs> price the other breeds, honestly. So, no, I guess it wasn't a factor. Right. I, I decided and then started asking price. Okay, there you go. So, um, and we're going to talk about price because I think uh, Caleb got a real good deal on his dog. And, so. Um, yeah, so. Which I knew the past few years, you know, English cockers have gotten – very popular and the oh, price yeah. has just gone up so True. i knew that i was going to spend mm-hmm. for a good dog somewhere around that you know right now if you were to ask me and from my perspective what i think the most expensive dogs are i would say english cockers are up there right now they seem like they're getting more and more popular and then and they kind of took a dip yeah. Maybe two years ago, but they're back up, maybe even higher than they were now. Yeah, COVID did a lot for certain breeds. Yeah. Like, Vieslas are crazy yeah. right now. And where Vieslas weren't getting hardly any play, it's like all of a sudden, it just Vieslas are everywhere. And and social media, yeah. Instagram. German wire hair pointer is the other one. Yeah. Craig was telling me he saw one in a Cadillac commercial the other day and he was just like, no, yeah. God, no, <laughs> just stop, <laughs> stop. Cause I mean, that kind of popularity dilutes the breed. It does. And, uh, you know, for us sporting guys, we want, we're breeding for sporting ability and like looks as long as it serves the sporting right. ability. Um, so you want to watch out for that. So that comes with our experience with English cockers. Um, that's another thing you want to consider. When, let's because we're moving into breeders now. So we've settled on a breed. And then we're moving to finding a breeder 
are a reputable source for right. a puppy. Because yeah. they're not all like registered breeders. No. Well, mine obviously is not. Luckily, yeah. y- y'all knew the guy. And yeah, kind of yeah. put me in contact with him. So. But he he's a known dog man. Yeah. That you know has a good reputation. Trainer. Um, he keeps great dogs. He hunts. He hunts. He's a guide. And uh, that's a big factor. You know? Yeah. And they, some and, of the some of the breeders. They don't even hunt. So right. How, how can you talk to them yeah. about their dog? <laughs> That's a great point because, and I don't want to, this might uh, turn some people <laughs> off, but in the breeding world, there's basically only two ways of determining is this line a good line, and that's field trial and... Then the other is just knowing the person and hunting with their dogs, like actual experience hunting with this person. And so, but the field trial side can be tricky, especially it depends on like what field trial series is this dog's accreditation in. Right. Um, If it's, I would be, and man, this this could be controversial, but I would be wary of an AKC only, like a dog that was only like an AKC master hunter. Right. I'm just going to leave it there. See, I know absolutely zero about yeah. the different And I don't think many trials, people do because so that's really the only thing. They just see some letters in front of the dog, so they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. that must be good. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's worth um, even – when you pick a breed, you know, if you got narrowed it down to a couple of breeders talking to people who have bought from that breeder, and mm-hmm. I think a reputable breeder will be happy to give you some references. For sure. They They're have not, nothing to hide. They have nothing to hide. They have nothing to hide. And, um, yeah. And, but also not, I mean, he wasn't trying to oversell his dogs either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. be, just be honest about it. Sure. So. And uh, and you mentioned earlier your buddy from Statesboro, yeah. you know, had an unpapered dog. Mm-hmm. I think that still would have been a fine dog. Oh, yeah. Ultimately. What, I mean, I've hunted with the dog. Right. So. And so you've got personal experience with yeah. that line. I mean, yeah. he uh, he's a woodcock hunter, right? Yeah. He, yeah. he makes the road trip up to Wisconsin every year. Yeah. So, so he's got some vested interest in those dogs. Mm-hmm. It's not just... Because I think some people get I mean, a dog. We went on we went on a waterfowl trip to Sapelo Island. Uh huh. Took the dog out there, camped with us. Oh wow! Got up in the morning, and you know we, you got to take the boat out. Yeah. A good ways to get to Sapelo, and the dog was there with us the whole time. So I I saw the temperament, hunting and camping. Yeah, perfect. And, yeah. I really mean, couldn't I, ask for more no. than seeing a dog like that. Yeah. And and that's my uh another advice. If if you have the opportunity to not only hunt with friends or people you know, you know, pay attention when you go to maybe a shooting preserve, what dogs you're hunting with, what dogs are doing well, and what breeds you just like. Sometimes you just have an uh an attraction to a breed but because i well i'll give you an example i'm not hating on pointers english pointers i hunt with a bunch of english pointers at quail ridge uh henry has a couple of english pointers 
Drell Smith's English pointers. And so... I remember my dad having a bunch of English pointers yeah. in their kennel. And my was, dad had yeah. some pointers. And, and they're great dogs. They can just be, and this is just my experience, they can be a little too mechanical for me. They're almost so athletic that they don't have a whole lot of personality. Yeah. And so when they mess up, there's not no redeeming factor of... Well, he's goofy. Or like, he's just fun to be around. You know, at least with the Britneys, like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And uh, they got some personality to them. Now, you might not want personality. You might want, like, hey, I need a dog to be just absolutely focused. But for me, I like a little personality. I was just drawn to Britneys. And- I think that factored in on the English Cocker. Oh, yeah. Tons of personality. Well, not only that, but, you know, how you were saying, just pay attention to the dogs. And one of the preserves I grew up going to, they have a lot of English cockers as their flush dogs. Yeah. So, I mean, me hunting behind those dogs led me to get one. Absolutely. And so, um, I think before we get to specific breed, because we want to move on from breed selection here, but... A, a big takeaway here is don't get caught up in Instagram and, you know, magazines. Or Google. Or Google. Uh, it really takes, like, you, you're going to want to listen to a lot of voices and, and all your experiences and kind of put that together. At the end of the day, I think... Caleb, if you would have brought home a GSP, do you think you would have been disappointed and be like, no. "Those dog sucks"? No, not yeah, at all. I don't think so. All right, so pick a breed. Where to get puppies? So we talked about, you know, there's registered breeders and breed clubs. That's how I. So <clears throat> I have four dogs. I've had five. Three, four of the five came from plantations working plantations one was purdy's my drop so she was a drop puppy which again that just means a crossbred dog that wasn't planned you know but she was from two good uh parents so she's good uh towser my english cocker he was given as a function of the job i was doing it's like hey you need a flush dog yes here's towser um, Jesse, she was made available through a plantation. She's an American Brittany. And as a part of their kind of like plantations have to plan way ahead of time when you're talking about 60, 70 dogs, replacing dogs, setting up lines of dogs. And they can't, oh, I mean, it's not always a great idea to have them all there. So they start farming it out. A little bit. And then Lumi, uh, St. Lumiere, is a friend. Oh, Blitz. Blitz is RIP, you know. Um, he was overstock. He was a C. Uh, okay. So if we're giving dogs grades, Blitz was probably a C, possibly a D dog. Middle-aged. They had to make room in the, the another plantation, had to make room in their kennel. And they were just like, do you want this dog? And what was, what breed was he? He was a German Shorey. And uh, awesome pet, man. He he wasn't the best 
bird dog. I mean, he'd do his job, but uh, he was a fantastic pet. Yeah. Great companion dog. And so, you know, check around to some, I would, I wouldn't be afraid to check around at preserves, you know, ask what, you know, y'all got some breed. They're not going to keep every dog that they ever breed. So get on a list you know, have have a hunt master or whoever takes care of the kennels. Just like, hey, let me know. Well, not only that, but up. some of the guides may have some, yeah, you know, of their own dogs that they breed. And but, and that's where Caleb ended yeah. up getting his dog yeah. ultimately. So guy. even if they don't have dogs on the plantation or the preserve, they know somebody that's got dogs. Yeah, so. and so there, it's more again. I think we talked about on the first episode about buying the best genetics and with Lumi, we did, we went to a registered, uh, Epignol Breton breeder, Trinity kennels out of Iowa. Um, we went with him. I, I, and that had a lot to do with just talk calling and this isn't an ad for them or anything, but just calling and getting to know, the owners and and talking because there there's another breeder here in Georgia that I'm planning on getting. It's going to be a while because of the wife thing, <laughs> but we got another puppy coming in the next couple of years. Um, let this one kind of let it breathe. Yeah. We got to let these. I've had two puppies in the last twelve months. Yeah. We got to let it breathe. Lot. We got to let it breathe, and um, but yeah. Um, there's a breeder in Georgia who I just, I like the guy running the show. I, I talked to him on and off. Um, he's offered like, Hey, come visit, check out the dogs. I'm like, yeah, I, I I'm going to take that opportunity yeah. probably end up getting a dog from him. But point is get to know people because that's what ultimately Caleb networked, um, with us and got to know a guy who had some American Britneys who he knew that worked uh, with him. And he ended up with a little male American Brittany named Atlas. Yep. Is he registered? Yeah. Yeah. What's his registered name? You would ask me that. (laughs) Doesn't matter. I can't remember. (laughs) It's Atlas. It's Atlas. Atlas. I had to come up with something creative, and now I can't remember it. All right. So now we're to the stage of... uh, but when you walk us through that process, tell us what it's like once you say, okay, I picked a breed, picked a breeder, we're going to buy a puppy. Because you don't just go get a puppy and bring it home, typically. Because Alice was born in January. Yeah. Well, just making sure that I... I never personally trained a dog yeah. myself. My cocker techs. We sent him off to a professional trainer. Yeah. So I just had to like research, obviously the kennel thing and, you know, yeah. get all the supplies you need for bringing a puppy home. Yeah. Um, Did you have to do a deposit with? No. 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 With a breeder? He just, you just had one on Word? Yeah. 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 You and claimed I, one. Yeah. I never even met him in person. You know, yeah. we texted back and forth. I, I think we talked on the phone once or twice, mm-hmm. but. You know, I just texted him, you know, I'd like a mail if there's one available. He said, yeah, put my name on it. He said, I'll let you know when they're born or when they're ready to go home. 
Yeah, because so. typically people, when the bitch gets pregnant, they'll uh, start putting it out there yeah. that they've got a successful breeding. You'll get on a list. It may be official. It may be just by word mm-hmm. of mouth. Yeah. And uh, like Lumi, <clears throat> I got on a list November. I had just got Jesse, really. I was still carrying her around with me. Yeah. When I was talking to to get on a list to get a it French. It was about Brittany. the time we were hunting. Hunting the That's right. Going on the wild bird. Yeah. Hunt. And so he and so you basically get on a list and like you say you, your preferences, which may mean color, sex, you know. And then yeah, and then you are just in contact with a breeder for a while, and like I said, Lumi had deposit, and then you pay kind of full price. But then you get a call one day, and like, hey, they're six weeks, so you're going to take this puppy typically yeah. home at eight weeks. And so, what? Well, I got a text, and he was like, he'll be ready to go Tuesday. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. And were you ready for that? I mean, I was getting ready, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it kind of jumps on you there so at you, the end. You get your kennel together, your kennel situation. What'd y'all go with? Wire crate or? Yeah, the smaller wire crate. Yeah. Which luckily, my mother in law works at a vet office, and she does a lot of, um, like rehabilitation for dogs that need it. Yeah. So she crates galore. Oh so, yeah, and just went and got yeah. one. Right. So you And knew- my dad just had a English cocker puppy at home. Oh nice. So he had a couple of the small crates. So nice. Yeah. Just crates all over the place. You so you want a crate. I would say I went with the small wire crate just because that's what I knew. But if I could go back, I probably just would have went with my normal ruffling yeah. kennel that I went with and just like divided it yeah, in half somehow. or something. Yeah. You can put like a box yeah. inside of that, yeah, and um, yeah. I uh, what else? What do you when you're expecting a puppy? Towels, man. I think you need like just cheap towels. Cheap. Shoot, I we just bought two dollar blankets from Walmart. Oh yeah, like whatever's on sale. Yeah, ugly. We just bought like twenty of them for two bucks a piece. Yeah, I mean. And so they're easy just to throw in the wash when they get dirty. Yeah. Stuff you can bleach, yeah. wash, Whatever. um, simple, simple stuff. Yeah. But you, I think the first time I got a puppy, I was, we were so caught off guard by like just that kind of stuff, yeah. towels and blankets. And, well, an, another thing's food choice. Oh so yeah. Ask the breeder okay. what they've been feeding is usually what I do. Yeah. Just to kind of keep them on the same. Yeah. And typically, like, some, my experience, like, you'll get a bag. The day you go, you'll get, like, a big Ziploc full of the feed they've been on so you can transition them to whatever you want. Yeah. I just stuck with regular old puppy chow. Yep. And for uh, now, mine are on, I got all mine streamlined now. On one food. I will leave that <laughs> there. Uh, I don't want to start a yeah. dog food war or whatever. But, um, yeah, I'm happy with the dog feed <laughs> I feed now. And it just happens to be a high-protein and puppy yeah. 
chow in one yeah. and it works really well. But I've done I've done Purina, uh, puppy Pro, chow. Uh, I mean just yeah, just all the puppy chows. I mean probably fine. Um, yeah, consult your vet on that. Yeah. You know, if you have any doubts, consult your vet. Give them something high quality. They are a sporting breed, exactly. so get used to that. Uh, premium dog that food. premium dog food if you're gonna hunt them now there are some folks who i mean my dad he was an old, old roy buddy old school <laughs> man they just pumping old roy but you end up feeding more like yeah it, so it, it, does, it, it levels evens out, out. Yeah. yeah i agree fully agree that the higher quality stuff levels out. i think there's some diminishing returns you, there are some At ridiculous yeah. price dog foods but okay pick a dog food whatever be ready with plenty of it yeah something to wipe up spills pee all that um chew toys ah yeah we've got dog toys oh yeah you already had dogs that's right he he knows where the toy basket is yeah he goes and empties it (laughs) I, I do, and this is, like, not a professional opinion at all, but we just happen to, we do rope. We do the rope ones and a puppy Kong. Well, I've been a lot, yeah, we've got a few of those, but I've been a lot more, um, cognizant, I guess, of squeaky toys. Yeah. Just from watching the videos of trainers online. Yeah, you know, like not doing squeaky toys. Right, because yeah. you don't want him sitting there. Squeak, 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 yeah. squeak, yeah. And when he finds the squeak toys, because obviously the house dogs have them, I I just take him, yeah. take it away from him, and give him a rope toy or whatever. Because so. if you don't know, uh, birds, <clears throat> quail especially, they, they squeak. do squeak. <laughs> I mean, when they retrieve a quail, if they press on him, he's gonna squeak. So, I mean, a stone cold dead quail yeah. is gonna squeak. And they, if they get used to that squeaky toy, well, they just found a squeaky toy in the bushes yeah. and they will chew it up, tear them up. So, yeah. And the puppy Kongs are just like, you don't have to worry about them breaking up break, in little pieces. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, typically we've had two for four dogs and yeah. they don't break down or give yeah. up. You could lose them, I guess, but you could find them 10 years later. Mm-hmm. They'd still be kicking. Yeah. So stuff like that. Um, be ready. You're already going to know the timeline. Go ahead and schedule your vet appointments. Yeah. Just take that pressure off yourself. Get them scheduled. Talk to the person about what shots they're given. Have that written down. I've been caught off guard by that. Um, but if you don't get that information from the person you're getting the dog from, at least ask them. Try to keep track of it, write it down. Because um, they're not going to do heartworm stuff for a while. Mm, 12, no. It's 16, the last set of shots. 16 like 15, weeks. 16 weeks, something like that. Yeah. And uh, they're not going to... And then be wary of... So I wasn't thinking about this until I bought the first heartworm medication, but mm-hmm. it's weight-based. And he's still a growing puppy, so don't go and buy six month. Yeah, oh no, no. At the beginning, like two, two one. or three, one. Because yeah. he went up a level after the first dose. Oh dang! So okay, it depends on the the medication, medication and where the cutoff is. Yeah, for that's the dosing, true. But that's true. But yeah, so I had to. 
his first dose was one, one level, one milligram. And then the next month I went and bought a single dose yeah, again. That's right. Cause I mean, he's just, cause they're going to grow through a year. Yeah. You know, they're going to keep growing. Um, so we got the prep down. I'm trying to think if we forgot anything. If I just had to tell a new dog owner, oh, you know what? Uh, go ahead and get a clicker. Yeah. And get some treats. Yeah. I highly recommend click training. We're going to talk about first training steps. Which. This isn't a how to train yeah. your puppy, but go ahead and get a clicker. I just use Atlas as food for yeah, the first for training. The treats. Sick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great one. He's for, food motivated. Yeah. Homeboy can eat. Um, all right, so let's talk about that first chaotic day this puppy comes home. There's some do's and don'ts. So having gone through this experience recently. Well, just be ready. They're going to whine. Whine and cry. Night. Yeah. And You're going to lose sleep a fir- first couple of months. Yeah, because... Yeah, because if you're crate training, I mean, you're up every three, yeah. four hours. I mean, they can't hold it. Yeah. I mean, he just got to where he can hold it through the night. Yeah. Three or four weeks ago. Man. Yeah. It's a bunch of sleepless yeah. nights. Um, if you're if you're keeping him inside, keeping him in a crate, that's just be, be ready for that. Um, you're definitely not gonna want to like schedule a vacation the no. week you know the first couple of months your puppy's home and that's not a fur baby thing that's a just practical because yeah. okay a lot of what and i've only become like really kind of anal about this is what you don't a big don't is like you're not going to want to introduce an eight-week-old puppy to your other big dogs, you're really going to want to be careful about like quarantining that puppy away. Cause they're not done with their shots. Mm-hmm. They're not fully vaccinated, you know, against Parvo, which right. could kill a puppy real easy. <clears throat> and so, and then your puppy is possible. You're bringing in outside disease and vectors into your existing dog pack if you already have dogs. Right. So, you know, you don't really want a lot of contact those first couple of days, first weeks or so. Yeah. Which, I mean, when you have big dogs at home, you're worried about them hurting the puppy anyway. So yeah, that's true. kind of kept them separated. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, those are things to think about. Um do love on that puppy. I think that's, you know, love on him. Don't just shove him in yeah. a box and keep him in the corner. Like, you're going to want to love on him. There's an adjustment period for him. Um, and luckily, my wife is a dog person. Yeah. So. Easy. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. My wife is not. <laughs> so she's not a like, ooh, let me hold that puppy. She's like, oh, <clears throat> no. Get that puppy gone. <laughs> and so... um yeah, it's just one of those things you want to be, you want to set your schedule for that first couple of days that puppy comes home. It's going to be about puppy. Yeah, first few months. <laughs> yeah, it seems. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> seems like that. Um, all right. So, first training days. What? How did you start Atlas all? Did you wait at all, or did you just go right for it? No, I mean, I probably gave it a couple of weeks. Yeah, of just 
playing with him, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, loving on him. Yeah. And I got the clicker, and that's, you know, probably two or three weeks in, after getting him, I started just introducing the clicker. That's your first experience with click yeah, training? Yeah, first. What do you think so far? It works. Yeah. It definitely works. I mean, why not try it anyway? Yeah, it's true. Two dollars on Amazon, and you really have to like uh, that. Like, this is not a click training. We might do a click training episode. This is not it, but you really have to understand the goals of click training to do it, and it's not complicated. No. Once you get it. I mean, you introduced it to me, and then I went on YouTube and watched some videos, and bam, yeah. And it makes so much. It's so straightforward. Yep. It makes so much sense. Yeah. And um, it's just like anything else. You got to apply it in the right ways. But um, yeah. So just love on that puppy. Be ready. I think they're ready to train. Eight weeks is. Yeah. I mean, they're ready to learn sit. They're ready to learn uh, here. I mean, they're not gonna be. They're not, still like right. absent-minded, right. and it uh, you're gonna want to do things like have a confined area that you oh, trained sure. in. Like, don't take them in the yard, no, the wide open yard yeah. to do training. Yeah, I just we've got a a separate room, you know, that I just shut the door and yeah, it's quiet. Yeah, no cats running no. through or yeah. And so, well, I definitely couldn't train him in a, the room with the other three dogs. Oh no. <laughs> No, no, no. It's a my four just like a pack of needy Yeah. So needy. They're just so needy now. That there's four of them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh it's not much different at your house. No. It's like they're all wanting yeah. attention at the same time. Um all right, so let's talk about your boy. Let's talk about Atlas. What what do you like? What's been challenges? What did uh, or and focus on some things. Talk about some things like I expected this, but it's been different than what I expected or, or whatever. We had a hard time with the the crate training. Yeah. It's not, I mean, and I, I know it varies from dogs, you know, individual dogs, but, and I just had to retrain myself, I guess, to get up. Yeah, oof. You know. Yeah. Which he was good about letting me know when he need to go but yeah he also would just whine just to whine so you know mm-hmm. we'd get up take him out he didn't use the bathroom take him back in still mess up his kennel oh yeah so i mean just be prepared for i that. don't know if it's a male female thing but my female Brittany, she and uh my and purdy purdy and jesse seem to get it like right away they'd hold it i think it does affect it i don't know what kind of science is behind it but uh, me neither not i'm not claiming any science but i just had the and then lumi well first of all my male cocker is gross (laughs) just compared yeah and then lumi he he would do the same thing like he'd be in there three hours maybe four you go out, let him out, whereas Jesse would just like immediately do her business. Mm-hmm. And we'd be right back in and both of us would be back to bed. Lumi like walk walk around, sniff stuff, walk yep. 
not i mean it takes 15 minutes nothing yeah and then you're like okay well put him back in and then you and come then, out there next time he done pooped in it mm-hmm. and, and that went on uh, a while for atlas so yeah. i was <laughs> so happy when it was over well Lumi, uh, he uh got the quick trip to the the big boy kennel yeah. pretty which quick. i'm working on one of those right now as we yeah. speak so Lumi, or let's talk about atlas he what's he turning out like long-legged he's skinny and long-legged and eats he eats more than tex does yeah i mean i'm feeding him more than tex just he's to, six months now yeah he's six months so yeah. i'm i'm trying to watch how he gains weight or don't gain weight and mm-hmm. adjust the feed how i need to but man he's he's shooting up and he's got quick. how's training coming it's it's going good. We're got the got the Garmin um collar working on recall. Yeah. Which I think is probably the most important yeah. for hunting. But we does were he just have talking sit pretty good. Oh yeah. Sit. I mean he don't even need the collar on. I mean, he's yeah. hard headed, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But he knows what to do. When you say hard headed, do you mean like distractible or just like uh, you can tell me what to do. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's he's not bad as far as di- being distracted. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think he's just a um, puppy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's six months old. Yeah. So just repetitions is what I. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so he's got all the base like obedience basics down. And I I'm probably not as much of a stickler as i should be when it comes to inside obedience oh yeah that's just how i am i guess it don't bother me yeah yeah. i mean as long as he's not just making a mess obviously sure 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 so there are that's a good point that you have to adjust your your dog's only going to be as trained as you are exactly or willing to be right i guess i mean i see these videos of these dogs that you tell them to place and they sit there until, I mean, that's nice. Yeah. But I don't yeah. necessarily How much time that. do they have to put into that? Yeah. It's achievable. It's it achievable. Is. But it is. And, and I, I know I could make Atlas do that. Yeah. And I've actually been working on that with him some. And I haven't brought it in the house because the other three dogs. Are nuts. Uh, yeah. I mean, you'd have to start they're with not, them. Exactly. The they're not made to do that. So why should I make him do that? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Good point. Good point. And yeah, it, it's one of those things. It's like we, you have limited time. You know what you want to get Atlas to do. And being a sweet inside dog may not be at what right. top of and, Atlas's list. And we're, leaving him outside we have a pretty big fenced in backyard yeah you do so i mean they have plenty of room to run around yeah unsupervised uh-huh. which some people say don't leave your puppy outside unsupervised but yeah we've worked up to the point we're at now yeah i, mean, I still keep an eye on him through the window he's big enough to where a hawk wouldn't get it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> hey, for a while there, though, yeah, yeah. Lumi was in the range where... But also, <laughs> Tex is a good influence on Atlas. Oh, that's true. So I leave him outside. They get exor- yeah. plenty of exercise. Oh, yeah. 
which is another thing, even going back to breed, there are breeds within the sporting breed. People may argue with me, but may not need as much exercise, but this is something, if you're going to get into bird hunting and you're going to get a dog, which is going to happen, yeah. um, you got to be committed. These are not apartment no. dogs. And if you do live in an apartment, you just have to be really active. You, I mean, if you're like a runner or a mountain biker. And see, I've, I've kind of felt guilty a little bit just because they are getting plenty of exercise. I mean, mm-hmm. every day after work, I take them out. It's the also June as we're recording right. this. And yeah, it's, I don't know. My dogs go self-exercise yeah. for about 10 minutes and they're like, yeah, yeah. we're done. Yeah. But I've just been feeling guilty. You know, I grew up on a farm mm-hmm. with my dogs running around as much as they want to. Yeah. And I try to take my dogs out to the farm still and let them run and walk them or, you know, use my dad's ranger to uh-huh. run them around the farm. But yeah, I would like to get out there more often, but just life happens. Life happens. Yeah. And so right now you're working on a kennel outside yeah going for concrete yeah i've got it framed just gotta pour it and i was gonna do it today but it's too wet oh yeah it's raining like crazy we're getting a lot of rain right now yeah challenges with training right now i'll tell you we're in uh june um it's hot it's super hot it's been really dry and then all of a sudden it's super wet yeah and then there's no birds. Lack of birds. Yeah, so... Which is Atlas's next. Yeah, Atlas needs it. Lumi yeah. needs it. Jesse needs Every, I got dogs that... Everybody needs ...that it. need this. So we're looking... We're currently looking at pigeons. I got a bead on some pigeons today. I got a number for a guy. Nice. And uh, we're trying to set up the pigeon coop and get pigeons going. So... But, yeah. So that's something to consider timeline wise i feel like a lot of puppies are born in january mm. for whatever reason um i think purdy was born in january and uh jesse was born during the summer which if you had a, if i had a choice you're gonna the 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 thing about bird dogs born in the summer is you're gonna be tempted to take them out too early yeah because they're going to be right in the middle of the season when they are, things are going to start to click for them. You're going to be right in the middle of your season, and you're going to be tempted to take that puppy out bird hunting, which is not a great idea. But the upshot is there's going to be plenty of training birds yeah. available for that dog, whereas bird dogs born in January are basically going to have 10 months. I mean, they're going to be basically ready to rock especially late bird season unless you have a bead on a bunch of wild birds yeah which they're pretty slam here. slam here i mean we okay so we obviously there's a podcast about hunting wild birds on public land <laughs> in georgia we obviously have birds but not enough to like guarantee the training of a yeah. dog that i'm sure they exist somewhere but we're on not for us yeah not for us we uh so we're gonna train on pen raised birds and pigeons are good 
for that too. We just got to get in the pigeon game a little bit. Ballas is good, healthy. Oh, he's yeah. turning out. I think he's going to be a driven. I think so. Yeah. I have found out, and this will probably come, but he's not as driven to retrieve as my cocker is. No, my uh, <laughs> and even my. I mean, he'll do it, and he'll come straight back to me in the yard. Yeah. With distractions, but he don't enjoy it. Oh, uh, neither. <laughs> He'll one, do it maybe twice, and he's like, "Okay, that's not fun." Neither one of my Britneys, American or French, have shown like strong, which retreat. doesn't bother me. No, no, I got because I have text. a cocker. Exactly, yeah, I've got a cocker. <laughs> Purdy will retreat. Purdy and make crazy retreats like that Rabbits. rabbit. <laughs> oh my god! And and let me tell you, Purdy couldn't care less about a rabbit she's not gonna point a rabbit she's not gonna chase a rabbit but she saw i shot at that rabbit and disappeared for about yeah we five didn't know where minutes. she was she disappeared for about five minutes we thought minutes. she was on point somewhere yeah or and caleb's like she's got that rabbit and i didn't even think i hit it and yeah. it, we didn't hear her kill it or right. anything she just brought it back and dropped and i know it we would have heard her kill. yeah yeah rabbits are pretty loud <laughs> yeah. and she just dropped it at my feet and was like here i'm gonna go hunt a bird now <laughs> I mean, it was like she was yeah. saying that you could hear it. She was like, here's your stupid rabbit. I got birds to yeah. find. And so she went on ahead and yep. started hunting birds. But That was cool to see that. Yeah. I mean, that was wild. That was wild that day. And she's never, that's a, she's five and that's the first time she's ever done that. But, um, yeah, so takeaways from this, we're getting on an hour, so we probably need to wrap it up. Takeaways from this, find your breed. That speaks to you. Do the research. And you can't go wrong. Yeah. I mean. They're all great. I would have one of each. Yeah. I'd have one of each. And uh, find a good breeder. But remember what we said. Talk to people that you know that are in your network. If you need to network with some people, use Facebook with caution. Um, Nastra. There's Nastra, there's Navda, there's uh, American Field. There's all these different uh, groups you can join to network. Um, reach out to us. I don't know how yet. On Instagram, Everyman, at Everyman Upland. There you go. You can message me. And wherever you're at, I'll try. You know, uh, we kinda, we're kind of specific to Georgia or the southeast. Yeah. Is where my networks are. North so, Florida. Yeah. So we could put you maybe on the on the right track. Um, find after you've talked to some people about breed, where to get that puppy. You know, price is going to – I always tell people, get the best genetics that you can you afford. Can afford. Yeah. And uh, that just helps the whole breeding train to roll down the tracks. But And then be prepared – when that puppy comes, if you're expecting a puppy, uh, it is important to... Don't be blindsided. Yeah, bl- being blindsided by a puppy is going to start you off on a rough footing. Yeah. And uh, you can recover from it, but it, it just is so much better when you've got tons of absorbent material <laughs> around your house. Yeah. Oh, man, you know what I didn't mention? Enzymatic urine cleaners. You're going to want to go invest in that, an enzymatic urine cleaner, because um, puppies are going to pee. 
They're going to pee on carpet. They're going to pee on hardwood floors. And they're going to smell that old pee. And they're going to go back and pee right there again. <laughs> so get some cleaner and uh, start training. Start uh, reaching out to people. Start doing your obedience training at home. Start simple. Start small. Make it winnable. All that kind of stuff. And then just enjoy that puppy. Don't. Me and Caitlin talk a lot about don't feel pressured by whatever training method or training system to get your puppy out there and see so early. That was my problem to begin with. I was yeah. just kind of overwhelmed uh-huh. stepping into it because, like I said, it's my first training experience. Uh-huh. But just it can be done. Yeah. I mean, and they're going to progress small at the rate steps. they're going to progress at. Exactly. And don't be intimidated by somebody posting pictures of their 10-month-old dog on wild birds. Because maybe your dog's there, maybe your dog's... It's not a race. No. And, and that dog, that's the other thing. About it, will, it will come with experience. So yeah. just get them out there. Yeah, and, you know, that... You're, if you're making a commitment to get a dog, you're, you're signing up for like a 13-year, 14-year <laughs> yeah. commitment. You know, on average. Right. And uh, you've got all that time, and and your dog's never going to arrive. That's the thing. Yeah. Every moment's a training moment, but enjoy the journey. I don't want to get, like, poetic about (laughs) it, but you're signing up with a dog to go on this journey together. So just enjoy the ride a little bit. Right. Don't, don't don't get too hung up and get in there. Right? Yeah, because um, you're not. It's just yeah. it's not. Your dog could always be a little better. Yeah. He's gonna make mistakes, and uh, I, that's what some I'm learning as a trainer is like. Look, they're gonna make mistakes. Don't let it get your blood pressure up. <laughs> right. Okay, you don't want to live 13 yeah. years. Yeah. You want to live quite a bit longer. Right. So uh, don't get your blood pressure up. So. Caleb, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, Caleb's going to be on the podcast semi-regularly, if not regularly. Yeah. I hope he come. He he's got an open invitation to I'll sit in on whatever he wants to. But um, thanks, guys. We're just getting started with this, trying to get you some good info to get your season start off right next year. So um, coming up, we're going to be talking about guns. We're going to be talking about uh, WMA profiles. So if you're wondering where to hunt in Georgia, we're going to run down. I'm not going to give you pins where (laughs) covies are, but we're going to run down some pros and cons of the different WMAs in our area. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. This has been Every Man Upland Podcast. We will see you out there.